Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry I made the transportation. Shut up! You're here! And good thing, because we've got lots of work. It's Employee of the Month with Katie Lazarus, the talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And if it's your first time tuning in, Employee of the Month is really a snapshot into people's careers. I sit down with people I genuinely admire and enjoy. And in this case, um, my interview today is with the one and only Martha Wainwright. She is such a formidable singer and has such a unique voice, which you'll get to hear because she sang from her new album, Goodnight City. You can see her on tour in... Ireland, Australia, Canada, UK. I recommend booking a vacation alongside it. Just make it part of the destination if you don't already live there. Um, not just because of her voice, but I mean, due to the election, although Brexit in UK may make that hard. But luckily, Martha offers some much needed salvation. It was such a pleasure to hear her sing. We recorded our conversation at Joe's Pub. And I also encourage you to go back and listen to our previous interview because she spoke about her family. Loudon Wainwright is her father, the late great Kate McGarrigal, who was part of the iconic duo with her own sister. We spoke about her as well. And of course, Rufus Wainwright, her brother. In this conversation, we spoke about Leonard Cohen, who is also a Canadian native, just passed. And he was such an admirer of Martha since she was a little, little girl. And he ensured that she was on the tribute album to him. There's this wonderful album that I believe was recorded at the Slipper Room, which is just so beautiful and necessary to listen to. Please enjoy this episode with Martha. I rarely share about my own life. In part, I bring on these guests who have careers I really admire because it's wonderful to be able to talk to people about the unsexy side of doing what you love, knowing that they've also succeeded and been able to have these moments at the at the very best moments that show off why the process is worth it. And I do want to share a little bit, though, today, simply because it has been a time of grief for everyone. 2016, uh, if you weren't already suffering from losing someone you love, in my case, um, losing um, people I love as well as getting very sick, I then, you know, like all of you, have a pulse and a moral compass. And the election was terrifying, as was Brexit. And the repercussions will um, stay with us long after 2016. But the grief period, my hope, will be followed with um, progress. That is what I'm hoping for. This episode was such a salve. But the reason I bring all of this up is these were there were just so many catastrophes going on for me. And the icing on the cake was that I got robbed. And I I just lost it. I mean, I'd had so many things at week after week after week where I've been facing either loss of a loved one, illness, the election, all n- numerous things that I don't need to go into. And then I went on Facebook because I didn't want people who were trying to contact me um, to not be able to because my pocketbook had been stolen. And so I said, you know, no phone. And so people only thought I had no phone. The amount of like kind comments, first of all, it was just 
so nice to know that Facebook isn't just about fake news. I was like, oh, yeah, this is what Facebook initially was before it became an evil corporation. And do I say evil corporation and I sound like a conspiracy theorist? I just miss feeling like your information is not only being used for advertising and whatever other nonsense. And and at that moment, I felt so grateful to all these people who were so kind about this robbery and they thought it was just my phone and had no backstory. And that really meant the world to me to see this tabula rasa and then this guy Daniel Kaufman he started a GoFundMe and all of these people donated and it was just it really was important and life-changing for me to remember why I'm here why I do what I do why I bring you the show why I'm alive and it is because of all these wonderful human beings. So I want to thank Daniel Kaufman for setting that up. And I want to thank everyone who who gave in some capacity. At, it just it meant the world. And it was so sad to like be robbed because I was getting robbed by these guys. And I, I wish I could have had a conversation been <laughs> and like told them like, hey, don't take my notebooks. I'm working on a book. You don't need those notebooks. Like you don't need those. Hey, though, you can if you need all my cash, I just gotten paid the night before for um, performing like you, you take it but you know let, let me have <laughs> my ID cards things you don't care about and it was also just sad to see like the kind of pitting against each other the poor <laughs> robbing the poor and you're like no, 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 no let's let's not do that let's band together and I think when I saw that love um, I felt it so I just wanted to share that I know it sounds sappy but right now it's anything but love is a salve as is music and as is humor and you'll hear all of this in my conversation with Martha enjoy you guys fight the way, Ray! Are you um, so, like, happy that you're a Canadian? Yes. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm a Canadian and an American, and... Um, uh, I was actually here on the 8th, and I voted, and then I would play Jimmy Fallon on the 9th, which was kind of surreal. And then I was really happy to get on that plane the next morning and really happy that my kids have an option to be live somewhere else. And, you know, and it's, it's sinking in, and it's frightening, you know, but uh, it'll be all right, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. Come to Montreal, it's really nice. It'd actually be really good if everybody from New York came to Montreal because it would be good for like the economy. There's not a lot of jobs there. Yeah. And French is really hard to learn, but. <laughs> Speaking of which, you did. Un peu, that was it, that's it, that's all. Un peu, un peu. Je parle un peu de français. Bah oui, this is what they do in France. Do they do that in Canada? Bah oui, yeah. Bah oui, oui. And they do that a lot. I'm already there, guys. I'm already ready. You did a you did an Edith Piaf album. I was yeah. wondering, like, how many albums do you do in French versus English now after doing that beautiful album? Well, I did. That's that's the main one in French, and I did another one for a French television show called Trauma, Drama, Trauma, Trauma. But uh, no one ever heard that record. <laughs> um, so I'm doing my records in English again. It's actually a better <laughs> idea. Well, your entire family are musicians, but I was going to ask because your mother, Kate McGarrigal, the late, great Kate McGarrigal, and your dad, Loudon, they were performers. You're a performer. What do you do differently now that you're also raising a kid? 
Or um, what, do you, what do you hope that you're going to do differently and what do you hope that you'll do the same that they did? Well, I guess at first I thought, you know, I didn't want uh, the, the, the children, my kids, to necessarily be performers because it's kind of a difficult life and, and it doesn't have much security and, you know. And I had, um, I had my first son when my mother was sick in the hospital and that was really my first introduction to, like, doctors and I was like I understand why everybody wants their kids to be doctors you're like yeah they kind of you know you have so much trust in them or whatever and it's kind of an intense job and I was thinking about those real kind of jobs that kids might my kids could maybe one day have and I was hoping that they wouldn't go into the music business and then Rufus my brother Rufus Wainwright and I were doing a show at, at BAM um, and called Kate's Kids, where we sing a bunch of her songs and a bunch of our own songs. And he was like practicing on the piano and I was in my own little room like putting on some makeup and the doors were open and, and, and I could hear him. And I did, I thought this is kind of beautiful. You know, yeah. this kind of legacy and this circus. It's like being in the circus, you know? And I really had this moment where I thought, well, I, I do kind of hope that my kids do this. Of course, it's really nice when you're at BAM. You know, not, yeah. not, it's all, right. you know, that's really nice. You have, like, your dressing room. Like, well, and they can use happen. the bathroom. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not like you're like, okay, you're now not only going to get a venereal yeah. disease, but I'm right. not quite sure what else is going to go on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So I do hope that they get into it in some way, but I really hope there's, a, there's some success because that's really the trick. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially now it feels like to make a living, it seems like you have to tour. Is that true yeah, I or thought no? You were sell, I thought you were going to say sell your soul because no. yeah, that's well. why, um, yeah, you got a tour and that's been interesting because, you know, now uh, uh, I'm, I have two small children and I have to tour and the record came out this week and I'm going to start a tour and I got to figure out, you know, what that's going to look like and sometimes I'm just going to leave them at home and yeah. work really hard and other times I'm going to pull them out of school if I can and, you know, make them stay up till midnight. Yeah, yeah, while, the, while they're still young. Yeah. So I did want to ask a little bit, just because Leonard Cohen was such a fan of, of, of yours since you were a little kid. and um, Was we, a fan of mine since yes. I was a kid? Yes, we yeah. spoke about yeah, it on yeah, the last yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. When I had you on last, that he really, you know, saw how talented you were and oh. just wanted to hear what you feel you got out of that relationship because I know how much he, he adored you. Well, that's really sweet. I was really moved that he that he responded to my music at all. And, and um, you know, obviously the, uh, on, on, on the, you know, the day that we heard about Leonard's death, um, it was a Thursday night, I guess. And then on, on Friday, this record came out, which is for me, which was really meaningful. And I was in Montreal where he's from. And of course the whole city was outside his house, wow. you know, like, I mean, really crazy. And, um, um, I I just felt a, 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 a great sense of love, you know, because that's really kind of what he represented and beauty and truth. And I think a lot of people were really sad and a lot of people were, were giving me their condolences because we're, we're related because he, in, in a way we're related because my brother has a kid with his daughter. Lorca. Lorca. Yeah. Um, but I was feeling really moved and really warm and, and full of love because obviously we had been, everyone had been talking about Trump and it was a great relief to talk about Leonard Cohen and to listen to his music and also to sort of feel attached to it because my own record came out. So I dedicated my record to him. I'm just, you know, I'm just happy to walk and think about him and look at the world the way 
you know, for the beauty that exists in it. And, and I'm just glad that we, we had him and I knew him and we can enjoy his music forever and ever and ever. And it was such a great gift. So I was really joyous in a way for that day, just to be able to think about him really. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear about this new album. So when did you start working on it? I started working on it, like, uh, I guess about a year ago and just did, just would do a few days in the studio. Um, the producer would come up from New York, Thomas Bartlett, and, and work with us in the studio. Um, and and then I, he'd go away and then we wouldn't look at it for a couple, like, for like a month and then come back in. And it's all recorded mainly live on, on the floor, you know, all the musicians playing at the same time. Um, but I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good, and and I wrote half of the songs because I didn't have the time to write all of them because the children and everything. So then I asked um, I, I some other friends and family and people that I've worked with over the years and that I know pretty well to some great songwriters who, to who write some songs for me. Uh, Beth Orton, oh, yeah. Glenn Hansard, Rufus wrote one. My aunt Anna McGarrigal wrote one. Michael Andachi wrote a poem that I sing. Meryl Garbus from Toon Yards wrote one. Julia Stone from Angus and Julia Stone from Australia. So there was some this really... This is like an entire phone book, basically. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, it is my phone book. <laughs> and there was some also a lot of other great artists who wrote songs um, for me, which was like really, really moving. But I was really able to also pick the ones that I felt, you know, really represented my life because my music is so generally so autobiographical. So it had to have some... It had to sort of make sense for me to sing it in a way. But I got to sort of... It was sort of like doing a duet. So when I'm singing Rufus's song and he's playing the piano, it sounds like a Rufus Wainwright song. So it's me being Rufus, or when it's a Meryl Garbus of Tune Yards, she's doing all the programming, and so you hear her. And I wanted to fuse me and these great other songwriters and yeah. kind of take advantage of them, really, and take their talent and put my name on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured a lot of them have sold a lot more records than me because my songwriting is usually a little more marginal. And I thought, well, like, Glenn Hansard's, like, made a lot of money, so maybe we get him to write a hit, and then I'll sing it. Like, yeah. that'd be good for me, right? It absolutely I won't make would me any be. money, but people might, you know, know me. And is that because people can get it off Spotify or...? No, because he, he wrote it. Okay. He's publishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, so no. then he owns it if he writes yeah. it. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah, okay. yeah, that's how you make all the money. But um, a lot of the songs I put my little penmanship in. But yeah, no, musicians don't uh, make money anymore. Yeah. Off of records, I don't think. I don't know. Unless they haven't, unless they're holding back on me and they haven't told me about the millions <laughs> of dollars that are waiting for me. Good Night City is the new album, and you've had so many predecessors to it. How, how do you feel about it? Like now that you've done so many, so many records. Yeah. Does it feel does easier it feel, to do, or it feel, I feel is it been that many? I guess. Well, I you know, I I um, it's it's kind of been just over ten years since my first record came out, and that was really kind of the this the the story of a of a kind of angry young woman. I was twenty eight when that came out, um, and it has that aggressivity in that first record. And and then this record, I think, really does really represent me now. And it's I just turned forty, and there's a, yeah, yes. and it's a lot better. I tell you, it's a lot better being forty than it was being thirty. I'll tell you that right now. And, yes. Um, at least for me, it is. And it so, gets better every year because you finally get more confident. I feel like as a woman. Well, as a woman, for me too, I was never someone. I didn't have a great time in my twenties and in my thirties. No. I it was tough. You know, it was tough. And I I'm. 
I feel a lot more confident now, and I think things are a lot better for me now. So this is actually kind of a much more hopeful record than any of my other records. Wow. So, yeah. Can we hear a taste of it? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. Guys, can you please give a round warm to Martha Wainwright? Martha, let me help. i 
but still can't get those cards to win. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. If you're in New York, check us out live December 22nd and then all of 2017 starting in February. We are going to bring you incredible shows. And if you want more, go to iTunes, go to SoundCloud. You can listen to a lot more shows. Thank you to Alex Seiner. Thank you to all of you for listening. And let us finish 2016, please. I cannot wait. I'm counting down for it to be over. Okay, have fun storming the castle.